It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. The Steelers let go of their slot cornerback, Arthur Mollette. So what does that mean? Well, we're going to talk about their free agency needs and what moves they can make with Mike DeFabo of The Athletic. I'm your host of the Locked on Steelers podcast, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it on YouTube. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making, a, making us your first podcast listen every day because we're your team every day here on Lockdown Steelers. And I said, as I said before, we're rejoined by our friend Mike DeFabo, Steelers reporter over for The Athletic. Mike, it's great to have you back. Um, this morning, uh, you know, we all, well, not this morning, we are recording on Wednesday, so technically people are hearing this on Thursday, but Wednesday morning, we all woke up, thought it was just going to be a normal day, only two more days to rookie camp, and then all of a sudden, the Steelers announced Arthur Mollette's been getting released, and that kind of breaks things up a little bit, and not that Arthur, losing Arthur Mollette is losing, like, T.J. Watt or Minka Fitzpatrick or a superstar on the team, but he was one of really only two slot corners since they signed Chandon Sullivan during the draft that they had on the roster. And this indicates to uh, to us that maybe there's they got, they have a different plan there. What's your read on to how the Steelers are going to handle this? Yeah, my read of the situation from what I've heard and from what I've uh, been digging through and reporting is it was actually uh, his decision, Arthur Millette's decision. Interesting. He, and he was the one that asked for the release. Um, from what I understand, there was he was looking for a little bit more security. He was going into the final year of his deal, looking mm. for a little bit more money, maybe a little bit more term. And they ultimately decided, you know what, I think that he could get it better elsewhere. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious where that puts the Steelers, as you mentioned, because they were already kind of thin at this position. I, I was not completely sold on the guy that they got uh, during the draft that they signed, Chandon Sullivan. 
Um, you know, I know that he's has starting experience, but it wasn't like he was lighting things up for the Vikings, especially in coverage. So that now looks like a, a glaring hole or a position that they'll need to address in some form or fashion. It, it, it does look like that. And it, now it, it pokes into a, a, a bigger question uh, that I think still exists now that's existed since the NFL draft. What, what else might the Steelers do in free agency? We had one caller call in about this. Here's Randy asking the, a very question about that. Hey there, Chris Carter. This is Randy Lee Phillips, uh, also known as Randy Neeson, uh, before I got married. So, anywho, a long-time listener, I was wondering what you think the Steelers need to do as far as one addition after the draft. What position, what personnel, what free agent, what do you think the Steelers need to add to make us that chef's kiss great listening to you enjoy the podcast and thank you so much for donating to the cystic fibrosis foundation um work as a nurse for a long long time and appreciate everything you do for us i just want to say thank you to randy for the question remember you can always call in at 412-223-6644 leave a name leave your name with your with your uh with with your where you're from and keep your message under a minute and we'll try to get you on the show also if you donate to the cystic fibrosis foundation campaign where i am raising money to help fight against cystic fibrosis uh you can find that by the way by using the qr code below or the link attached to this episode in the description but if you donate at least ten dollars or more to that while I'll ask a question. It will guarantee you that your question will get on air within a week of your question. We don't always get chances to answer questions here because we're pretty busy. But, Mike, to answer Randy's question, I, I think slot corner becomes a much more obvious thing here. But also, would, when you look at the Steelers off-ball linebackers, you have Elandon Roberts, you have Cole Holcomb, you have Mark Robinson, and, you know, they got some guys – you know, in the it, it, you know, they'll be like special teamers, but no one else stands out to me there. That's like, a, oh yeah, definitely, that's the guy I want being the cover off ball linebacker. All those guys are more run stuffers. What's a bigger priority for you right now? Getting a slot corner that you absolutely believe in, or getting a cover linebacker who can kind of double in that role? Well, can I say the answer is both? Because I think <laughs> that they probably should. Um, I, I think slot corner after today becomes a more pressing need, just because. I imagined Arthur Millette as the starter um, yeah. or at least the second guy on the depth chart. Now I really look at it as only one guy unless they move somebody into a different position. But at the same time, the off-ball linebacker position is very important on this team. And, and what concerns me, or I guess the question I have in terms of the depth, is you have one guy in Cole Holcomb that they believe is a three-down guy who has the coverage ability that you need in the modern NFL to play inside linebacker. But the other two, Alandon Roberts and Mark Robinson, they're that traditional downhill type of thumper. So if Cole Holcomb gets hurt, you know, injuries happen in the NFL, or on third downs if you're taking Alandon Roberts off the field, who are you putting onto the field that's capable in coverage? And, and that's where I wonder, are they deep enough at that position? And that's why I wonder maybe, you know, if they do add somebody, I'd like it to be a guy that specializes in coverage. Even though it's a difficult thing to get, I think I would prioritize that kind of skill set. Is it possible that they're setting it up so that another one of their players bumps into that slot role? Because you look at their cornerback situa situation right now. We were all we're all presuming Patrick Peterson's your number one starter. You know, you've drafted Joey Porter Jr., so you're probably assuming he's going to jump in there. He's more of an outside guy, but 
you have guys like James Pierre who have kind of just worked their way up the roster, you know, made sure that they were good on special teams. And he's kind of just been a guy that you've plugged and played a little bit. Levi Wallace, a veteran who brought in Akella Witherspoon, veteran, another veteran that you brought in, or do you even go the safety route and say, Hey, Keanu Neal, get down in there in the slot, kind of be the big slot, you know, big nickel type type of option. Or even like, you know, I've heard rumors that they're not rumors, but ideas floated around that Corey Trice could be asked to try to be like that big nickel option. What do you think is the better option for if they were to look on their roster right now to say, hey, let's try this at least in mini camp and see how this goes before we make a full on decision about who we want to go get? You brought up a lot of good names there, and I think there are going to be situations when they do move Keanu O'Neill into the box, and he's essentially that that you know uh, nickel or big nickel kind of guy. I also wonder about Demonte KZ because think about the role of the slot corner position uh, mm. on this team. Think of how much they blitz, and yeah. that would seem to be really up the alley of KZ in terms of being maybe a small, shifty guy who also has physicality to his game. I don't know that he has any experience playing slot corner, but if I'm just thinking of an archetype of a player, uh, I can imagine him succeeding in that role. So, you know, I I still believe that they'll probably have to go out and and continue to add depth to that position group, but that's an idea. I also wonder, I mean, I don't know if guys like Levi Wallace or Akello Witherspoon have any experience playing inside and playing the slot because, you know, definitely uh, Levi Wallace got better as the year went on. He had four interceptions last year. But he's looking right now probably on the outside looking in once Joey Porter develops. I do wonder if he has the ability to, to round out his game. And maybe even if it's situationally. Maybe when you're playing against the Ravens, you've got Keon O'Neal in the box, you know, essentially playing that role. Maybe when you're playing the Cincinnati Bengals and they're spreading you out, you put Levi Wallace in the slot and maybe he's capable in that, in that ability. But I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. And, and there's also the flexibility that you talked about earlier with guys being more just playing down downhill and being aggressive to stop the run and rush the quarterback. Arthur Mollett, according to Pro Football Focus, rushed the quarterback 32 times last year. Terrell Edmonds, 18 times. Uh, we looked at it, Minka Fitzpatrick 12 times, and it didn't always hit. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick was blitzing when, you know, the Steelers gave up a really big touchdown pass to the Buffalo Bills. But, you know, Arthur Millett also put pressure on Joe Burrow on a play where it was like, it ended up in a big third down stop in overtime that eventually led to the Steelers' victory in the in the opening game of the season. So it's going to be interesting to see what they try to do here. We'll talk more about what they could do addressing those spots in just a minute here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. Don't go anywhere. But first, before we do any more of that, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar, the number one protein bar in America that you got to try right now because it's a delicious treat that is also healthy for you that's going to help you in your diet. Go get Built Bar right now, and all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate and Inside of that chocolate are amazing flavors that range from anywhere from churro to peanut butter brownie to coconut almond to brownies. It is just awesome. And they have so many different flavors for you to choose from. And when you get any of these flavors, they're all going to come around 130 calories, four grams of sugar, but pack 17 grams of protein. So you're getting very little of the bad stuff, all of the good stuff to to help meet your gains and stick to your diet. And you don't have to go to built.com and order a box that gets delivered to your door where you have to wait for it for a little bit. You can go right now to your Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up some Built Bars today. If you go to your local Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section, and you'll find four-bar boxes of flavors like cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Or if you go to Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. Trust me, when you try Built Bars, you'll thank me later because you'll be trying Built Bar, the best protein bar in America. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode 
is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Mike DeFabo from The Athletic. Mike, want to ask you a, a little bit about this, too, because from the Omar Khan side, and this was kind of what Randy was getting at, like everyone was super excited about the draft. Oh, this was a, you knocked this out the park. You got this guy. You got met all your needs. You got great value. The Steelers have been aggressive in just making sure that they got their guys so far. They traded up a little bit to get Broderick Jones. They made the Chase Claypool trade to get the pick that ended up being Joey Porter Jr., they have been savvy with a lot of moves this offseason, and you guys got to talk to Andy Weidel at the end of last week uh, about you know part of the plans that led into that. So it would lead me to believe that if they're letting go Arthur Marlette, and that's part of what their plan is right now, and yeah, yes, he requested it, and that's part of you know he's he's wanting to go prove <clears throat> prove himself and get a more secure contract. That's fine, but something tells me the Steelers aren't just going to take this line down, and they're going to be proactive rather than reactive to letting him go and finding someone before you know before the season's going to open up and then they realize oh wait this is a big problem at the slot cornerback position yeah I think so um you know if nothing else even if you feel like Shannon Sullivan is the answer at that position you could really use some depth and so if nothing else I think that either moving somebody into that role that's currently on the roster or going out and finding somebody who's not on your team that can fill that responsibility I think would be wise yeah, I feel you. That, that That's definitely what, what we're probably looking at right now is finding some, someone to do that. But there's also other questions as far as free agency go. Uh, one of the big positions I think that they could also address, even though they drafted a Nick Herbig, is backup edge rusher. As, as much as people might be excited for Herbig to fill in, he's a Wisconsin guy. He worked out with TJ Watt. He, you know, everything rings about him. You feel like you still want a an experienced guy coming off the bench, helping TJ Watt, helping Alex Highsmith, getting things going there. And there's a few guys out there. Now, I don't think the Steelers are going to be in the market to get one of the top guys like Leonard Floyd or Frank Clark or even like Jadavian Clowney. You know, some of the top edges that are out there that are out there like Yannick and Gok- Yannick and Gokwe. But maybe they're looking at some of the, the later guys that could be floating around and could be more financially available to them. Al-Qadim Muhammad is a guy from Chicago. He's 20, uh, uh, he's 28 years old. He could be a guy in that range. But when you weigh all these moves, how aggressive do you think the Steelers need to be in addressing all these different positions? Or do you think they're going to kind of have to zero in on maybe like one or two? Because we've now talked about three positions, slot corner, off-ball linebacker, and now we're talking about edge. Well, I think that they were wise in terms of drafting Nick Herbig because he has some versatility to his game. Uh, He played more kind of like as an edge rusher at Wisconsin, but because he has shorter arms, he's a little bit smaller in stature. Some people believed he would have to move to off off ball in the NFL. And it was interesting because immediately after the draft, they were saying to us, yeah, he's going to be an edge rusher. But then later, Andy Weidel said, well, maybe not. Maybe we'll kind of cross train him, maybe do a couple things. But to answer your question, I really think that uh, that position, whether it's Nick Herbig or somebody, 
that's such a priority position in the Steelers defense. Like they're a team that they're predicated upon pressure and you don't mm-hmm. have to look far. Just look back to last year. They were a completely different defense with TJ Watt on the field and TJ Watt not on the field. Now, obviously that's because he's, you know, reigning defensive player of the year at that point, but also when you're not creating that pressure, the back end has to hold up more And the Steelers, as much as they love to play man coverage, you're really putting your defensive backs in a tough spot. So they need to find themselves an answer in case TJ goes down with an injury or in case Alex Highsmith goes down with an injury. And it's difficult with those guys because you have to kind of thread the needle. Um, remember just a couple of years ago, Melvin Ingram was the perfect third guy, yep. but, but he wasn't happy in his role. So you have to find a guy that's good enough to step in and be successful when you need him to be. But maybe he's not so good that he thinks I should be the starter. And I don't know why Alex Highsmith is getting the reps when I'm not. So Finding that perfect person is difficult, but I would say that, you know, finding the answer, whether it's Nick Herbig or whether it's someone else, I think is another big priority for the Steelers, uh, you know, before training camp. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, you brought up Melvin Ingram. He's still a free agent know. You know, as, as, as far as guys, which is kind of ironic when you look at that situation. And there's other guys kind of like him, like Justin Houston, who just for some reason manages to just get one year contracts and then get 11 sacks. Like I think in the last two years, he's averaged 11 sacks a year and he's still doing it and he's looking for a new contract at 34 years old. So he's probably going to get paid by somebody. Uh, but but you're right. You know, you're going to bring in guys who they want to be the man. They don't want to you know play second fiddle to someone else. Um, unless you find players who are resigned to that. You know, Javion Clowney is a perfect example of a guy that wouldn't be in that role. The guy's 30 years old. He left the Browns because, or reportedly, Miles Garrett was getting too much of the attention. And Javion Clowney was still starting. He just wasn't right. with the number one guy over Miles Garrett. The Steelers can't work with a guy like that because you got TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith who are better than Javion Clowney, at least stats-wise, uh, you know, re- recently. So you look at that, yeah, you're right. It, it is a bit of a threading of the needle. Maybe a guy like Trey Flowers or Kyle Van Noy, you know, if you're looking for guys who might be willing to accept backup roles. Because, again, you don't want to be in the position – where you're where you're you're taking TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith off the field and then you're just at a complete liability with your with your backup edge rushers it is important not just for you know not just for getting a continued pass rush but for being able to put guys in that you can rely upon to stop the run be re- you know be reliable be able to come in give you solid reps and then when you get to that fourth quarter TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith they're not tired they've had proper rest on the bench and they're raring to go bring in full, their full energy. That's something that the Steelers have talked about for years, making sure that by the, like that, that early part of the fourth quarter, that's when their defense is at their peak. Yeah, I also wonder if, you know, speaking of the pass rush in general, if you'll see a bit of an evolution with Andy Weidel now having mm. one of the leading voices. Because if you look at the way that the Philadelphia Eagles did things, they were always big on rotating. And they would just throw so many different bodies at you. And internally, in the interior portions of the defensive line, the Steelers do look like they have the capability to do that based on, you know, drafting Keanu Benton, signing Brayoka, uh, Arm Watts, plus the guys that they already had. I wonder if you'll start to see that a little bit with the edge rushers too, where they'll start to add more pieces there and have more rotational guys or situational edge rushers, that type of thing. Um, I think that, that that would be wise, especially like, you know, we all respect TJ Watt and he's an incredible player, but he plays with such a high motor that he knows only one speed. And he does get himself winded when he's on the field for these 10 and 12 play drives. So, you know, having a, 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 a guy that you feel like between the, the 30s or something, you know, he can come in and give you a couple snaps, give TJ Watt a breather so he's fresh, 
uh, in the red zone or fresh when you need him in the fourth quarter, I think would be very wise. No, I'm right with you on that. Keep him fresh. Keep And also Alex Highsmith fresh because the two of them as a duo are very important to this defense. But again, it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, what becomes the priority? Edge rusher versus slot versus inside linebacker. You could technically sign all three still with this with the Steelers salary cap situation, um, you know, and, and being and being able to, to bring in guys. They're still signing the rookies to their official deals, but that won't be too much of it too much of an issue I, I still think it's a question as far as you know how much how much can they can they get these guys for if we're talking about you know an experienced edge rusher an experienced cornerback you know there's guys i believe like ronald darby who's still available out there and a guy that maybe maybe like hey can we bump you inside you're you're under six foot could you be the, the guy that, that fits in there and how much money would it take to get a guy like that um these are all tough questions but you know, the Steelers, they've faced a lot of tough questions. You know, it was a tough question. How are they going to get a top tackle and a top cornerback um, and potentially another, you know, another defensive lineman out of this draft class? Somehow they ended up with all of those and they got their tight end that they really wanted uh, in the NFL draft. So I think it's just going to come down to how you know, how much can Omar Khan and Andy Weidel continue to prove their savviness as a front office team going into the, going into the rest of the season. And here's the other thing, Chris. Let's not forget that the Steelers started last year two and six. Yeah. There were there were more holes on this roster than one draft or one offseason mm-hmm. was was going to fix. And so while I look at this team and I think they've dramatically improved the roster, they've created a tremendous amount of depth on the offensive line and overhauled it. Um, you know, they've reshaped their secondary by the way that they signed some signed Patrick Peterson, drafted Joey Porter Jr., so on and so forth. All the moves that they made, they still aren't going to have the perfect roster. Nobody does. Everybody has weaknesses. And for the Steelers this year, you know, time will tell, but they're not going to be able to fill every hole. And as we're discussing, it's going to be a matter of what do you prioritize and what's available to you to fill some of those holes. And those are the tough questions that Andy Weidel and Omar Khan need to be answering. Absolutely. We'll get to some more of those tough questions as far as how the secondary is going to be comprised with this upcoming season, despite you know all the excitement with Patrick Peterson and Joey Porter Jr. into the fold now at cornerback. This is going to be very much a new look group with what they have to go through. We'll talk about how, how much of a new look and what they need to do to still be a top producing unit right in, right in the third segment of the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Mike DeFabo of The Athletic. Mike, last year, the Steelers led the NFL in interceptions. Uh, that was led, by the way, of, of uh, Big Fitzpatrick. But right behind him was a, was was Cam Sutton and Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace is still there, still here. He had four interceptions last year, but Cam Sutton had had three. And now Arthur Marlette at least had one in the mix there. But this is a group now that you're you've lost Cameron Sutton. Terrell Evans, though he didn't contribute in interceptions, he was a, a good role player. That was that was part of that. He had four pass breakups on the year. Cam Sutton led the team with eight pass pass breakups on on the year. This is going to be a team that's constructed a bit differently, and we've seen Terrell Austin, who went from defensive backs coach to uh, to defensive coordinator uh, last year. We've seen him kind of being able to place that emphasis on his secondary, say, "Hey, I trust you guys to go out and make plays," and they did last year. But with those guys, be with the cornerback room being shaken up as much as it has, you now think about it. You know, with you now you know Cam Sutton and Arthur Mallette being out, as well as the safety room being a little little bit different. Who do you think? Next to Minka Fitzpatrick, because we know he's going to be the top dog, and we know he's going to be be the guy. Who do you think is going to step up the most as far as helping contribute to the turnover causes uh, causing on the Steelers' defense when it comes to the secondary? Well, I look at Patrick Peterson, but only if they put him in the right position. So last season he had five interceptions, and for a guy who's been to a million Pro Bowls, uh, that was actually the second best total in his career. The only time wow. he was better was twenty twelve. Uh, with the Cardinals' his second season in the league. Now, the reason why he had those turnovers was because he played much more zone coverage than he ever had. He was a guy that was always the press man guy, and he was so good at that that they just said, we're going to put you on an island. You take away one half of the field. You take away the dominant receiver. Um, and when he had an opportunity with the Vikings to play more cover three, to sit deep in that deep third and have his eyes on the quarterback, he was able to read and react. So – I'm really curious because you look at the Steelers historically and even the way that they drafted Joey Porter Jr., another press man corner, and stylistically you would think they would do a lot of that. But in his introductory press conference, Patrick Peterson hinted that maybe the Steelers would move him around a little bit, allow him to do some different things, and I think that they will. And, and I think in some instances, like everyone's thinking, well, is he going to play safety? I don't, I don't know. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. But I think some of it will just be like – schematically putting him in different positions or uh, tricking the deep, the quarterback with different types of coverages. So um, even if he's still playing the cornerback position, you could still essentially have him playing a, a, you know, a deep half of the field in some of their coverages, especially they love to run that inverted cover two where the corners drop back and essentially fulfill the roles of the two deep safeties. Something like that would seem to be right up Patrick Peterson's alley. So you know, he's the guy that I really look to because, you know, you look at the other side with Joey Porter Jr. He only had one interception in his college career. Now they didn't throw the ball at him and that there's uh, a lot of stories about guys who didn't have a lot of turnovers in college who all of a sudden become ball hawks in the pros because suddenly they're being challenged. But you mm. do wonder that was one of the knocks on Joey Porter Jr.'s game and perhaps one of the reasons why he slid into the second round. So I don't know that I would count on him as a rookie being that turnover force Maybe he grows into it over time. Part of it, I think, is very interesting. What you brought up is the flexibility option there to move guys around. That's what Cam Sutton did so well for the Steelers. He jumped in the slot. He jumped outside. He played deep safety when he had to. And it was like you could line him up at one spot. And he'd run to the other and play it just as well as he did. 
all of his jobs. And I think that when you look at how the Steelers have used their guys in the secondary, they like that flexibility because it allows you to disguise more. It gives you more X's and O's to play with as far as saying, hey, let's confuse quarterbacks because confusing quarterbacks doesn't just lead to interceptions. It leads to sacks because when you force them to hold on to it for just a second longer, sometimes that's the difference that Cam Hayward needs to do, needs to get to the inside or TJ Watt needs to get off the edge and get, and get to, get to his man. And part of that is all is not just being able to cover, but being able to be smart in the secondary, understand your role, and then get to get, get to helping in different positions without being a huge weakness that teams are saying like, Hey, if that guy does drop back deep, he can't play there that well. Let's go right after him. Let's let, let, let's look out for those types of things. So I think that also plays into this free agent conversation that we're talking about here and, and looking around the NFL. You know, Marcus Peters is a free agent, but I, I look more at him as like a, hey, you know what? I need a guy who makes big splash plays. He may give up big, big, big plays, but he's going to line up on the outside and do right by me. I think if the Steelers were to get a, a, a another cornerback, maybe it's a guy who you know who could come in and be able to say, "Hey, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna come in and be able to give you a little bit of relief here." But he's also got to learn. He's like, "Hey, you know what, buddy? We Joey Porter Jr. is the future here. Patrick Peterson is the vet that's hold, that's holding it down. We need you to be willing to be malleable to this defensive plan. Which that means if we want you to jump in the slot." Jump in the slot. We got to play outside. Play outside. We may have you play off ball, play and help it kind of the safety position. But I think that's one thing that when we're talking about what the Steelers need right now, it may be just be a person that is versatile to take those different roles. And how you said, you know, when I asked you about what position they need more, you said all of the above. Maybe it's a guy that can do in all of the above spot, especially in the secondary. Yeah, I think you're right. I do wonder too, you know, Levi Wallace was a ball hawk the second half of the season. He had he four was. interceptions himself. And I think if if he's trying to hang on to his job and fight off Joey Porter Jr., um, you know, his ability, his ball skills would be one of the main reasons you would continue to keep him on the field. So if the Steelers are struggling to create turnovers, maybe that is a situation where he gets a little bit more playing time or he can continue to hang on to his starting job just a little bit longer before Joey Porter Jr. is ready. That, that could be a factor there. And veterans, they do want to hold on to their spots. And, and here's the other thing is that the Steelers, free agency, like the initial free agency period is over, right? Like, you know, the draft has happened. Now you're picking up picking up at who's still 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 left out there as far as athletes that, that you that you could that, that you can still bring in and give give a deep a decent chance at at winning a job. You know there's plenty of guys out there I think that still would be worth a shot, at least at signing in free agency, who could give you maybe some flexibility. One, uh, a smaller cornerback by the name of Grant Haley. He played for the Rams mostly recently, like but like last year, he played like a little over 150 snaps at cornerback. At About 56 of those were at slot. 53 of those were, were out wide. And that allowed him to kind of, you know, have that flexibility. And I'm not saying Grant Haley is, Haley is definitely the Steelers pick and who they need to go out and get right now. But it needs to be someone who can not only line up in those positions and feel comfortable, but communicate so that when Micah Fitzpatrick or whoever calls out a switch and they're just they're adjusting things around, that they can quickly understand, hey, I need to get off this guy, go go over here, help him how about in this spot, be able to play zone here, run with this person there. That's got to be part of it because as the Steelers, they want to be physical and aggressive. If you're going to be aggressive, you have to communicate so that everyone has each other's backs when one person's blitzing or being aggressive and you have someone behind them to pick up the slack for whatever they're giving up. 
Yeah, you know, this whole discussion about versatility and malleability, we should also mention the three safety package. And maybe that's part of the answer as mm, well. Maybe it is. To solving the answer in this slot. You know, we saw that with great effect. And one of the main reasons the Steelers used that was uh, when they were playing against some dominant tight ends, it was really a, an effective for them to have another safety body type on the field in terms of different coverages. But it also made them much more flexible, malleable when there were switches and motions and, and shifts and the offense is changing on the fly. You could match that based on the, the versatility that you had. So um, because of the success, I assume that they would run more three safety packages this season. And now with some of the change in personnel, I think that it's only more likely that that continues as well. We will see how it does continue. Rookie camp starts up Friday. We will, I'm sure, I'm sure Mike, you'll be there. I'll be there. We'll have a ton of people there and we'll see what happens at rookie camp. But what also happens before Friday is the NFL schedule release set for Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, where we're finally going to see where all the Steelers games are going to be. We've seen some leaks that have come out, but I don't think we've seen a Steelers specific leak just yet. We'll see how that plays out. If you want to get our thoughts on that, we're going to be on the Locked On Steelers podcast, breaking that down, giving you a preview look as far, as far as what to look for with Rookie Camp coming up this weekend. Mike, thanks so much for joining us here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is easy. It's just at Mike DeFabo. Um, and you can also catch all my work in The Athletic. We always have those good deals here and there. Uh, so make sure. I think right now we got one for Mother's Day and Father's Day and all the grads in your life. So make sure you click on one of my links and subscribe if you can. Absolutely. Do check out Mike and all the great work that he does at The Athletic. We appreciate Mike for coming on the show. And we appreciate you for listening to and watching this show here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com for all my pit content. And you can find the Locked on Steelers podcast Monday through Friday, as well as our bonus content that will come out sometimes on the weekends on your favorite podcasting app and definitely on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this channel for more. And if you want to guarantee that your call to 412-223-6644 to get a call in on the show where you leave your name, where you're from, and keep your question under a minute, if you want to guarantee Guarantee that that question gets on the air. Just donate $10 to the to the campaign that we're running on this show to, to, to raise money for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation as we help them fight for a cure and find something to end, to end the horrible disease that's impacted so many people out there in the world today. Thanks to all those who have contributed. Thanks to those who plan to contribute in the future. I'm Chris Carter, your host. We'll be back Friday with our final episode of the week, getting you ready for the weekend, rookie camp, and the schedule release. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.